Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest uh, with the podcast. Um, thanks so much for joining as we look forward to the Champions League final. Um, look back upon the glory of West Ham. Fantastic week for West Ham and, and the football club and, and in particular David Moyes. And then what about Lionel Messi rocking up in Miami? Wow, fantastic, great story. Um, so joined this week by Jeremy Cross, um, my name's C, Andy Dunn and Simon Mullock. We're all off to um, Istanbul, looking forward to the final, of course, um, and plenty to preview. But, what, what I mean, is, is this is this City's moment of destiny? Is this Pep's calling at the Etihad? Simon, we have to start with you, don't we, really? Is, is this the moment of truth for Pep Guardiola and Manchester City, do you think? You get the feeling, Crossy, that if they don't win it this year, they're never going to win it Um They've navigated such a difficult path to the final, you know, Bayern Munich and then Real Madrid, um, that you think, well, they've done they've done all the hard work. But you can be absolutely sure Guardiola won't be underestimating Inter Milan, Inter Milan and Inter are on, you know, they're on a decent run of of, of their own. You know, they, I mean, they've lost, I was looking at the stats; they've lost twenty five percent of their games this season. But they're in, unbeaten in, in twelve, and and the only defeat. Sorry about the dogs. The only defeat came in um, came in Napoli when they were down to ten men. So they're on a you know they're on a decent run of their own. Uh, finished third in Serie A, so qualified for the Champions League again. But yeah, going back to the original point, I can't see when City will ever get a better chance to to win the uh, Champions League and to uh, and to complete a treble. It's just kind of. Um, you know, the, 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 the opportunities like this just don't come along that often. And, um, you know, you you would think that City will go on and, and, and complete the job, but you never know. I'll tell you what, Inter Milan have got absolutely no chance if, if City uh, perform as tigerishly as your dogs um, in midfield, right? So uh, that, that's... We've cut through a gap. We've got a workman in this morning, mate, and he's cut through a gas pipe. So it's a bit chaotic in the, uh, in the household. So we've got all kinds of uh, workmen and, and repairmen coming through the door and the dogs obviously attack dogs that we've got, two shih tzus. So they're... Um, they're kind of... Uh, Anatoly, you're not going to... 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 you for City, I mean, we, you, you know, a lot of us, myself included, probably wrote that, that, that the FA Cup final was going to be harder than the Champions League final. But now Inter Milan are, are upon us. I mean, that, that you know, Inter Milan are, are, you know, clearly going to be a very formidable opponent for City, aren't they? Of course they are. They're in the Champions League final. You know, you, you don't get there by default. You don't get you don't get an easy run there. You don't get a buy to a Champions League final. You know, it, it's a team, as as Pep Guardiola said on on the, um, during the media day on, on on Tuesday. You know, they bring a lot of history. Now, history doesn't win you the game, but it does. You know, it it, it's, it brings you a, an element of, well, like the club has been here before. You know, they've done it three times. You know, and last time they won, it was part of a of the treble that the Italian treble, the type of which city are going for. 
you know, and 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 they are, and Simon says, you know, they're on a good run of form. You know, they they they're obviously a very very good team. You know, and they, and they have individual threats. You know, City know about and Pep knows about all, all of them. Um, you know, Eden Dzeko, Latara Martinez. These are, you know, Mkhitaryan. These are, are, are these, these are good top European players. Of course, it's not going to be easy. But obviously, the way we, um, the way, um, and, and we're we're all we're all guilty, you know, in in the media of of making the Premier League to be some sort of um, all conquering, uh, magnificent league. You know, when, when it isn't. I mean, and you only have to look at, at who's been winning the Europa League and Champions League. Over the past couple of decades, to know to know that you know, and and Italian football isn't in that bad a place at the moment. So, I guess one of the one of the dangers is that is if there is an element which you can't even imagine really, if there is an element of complacency in, in the city, you know, if they if they hear and re- I mean, listen, if they tune into certain radio stations when they're driving home from work, you know, it's they're thinking we only have to turn up to win this game. It is slightly, slightly, slightly. Oh, name names. No, I'm, we all know. We all know where we're coming from on that one. It's slightly embarrassing that that this, like you know, um, it's not going to be one sided. It's going to be it's going to be a cage game. But you know, you, you do know, you do know that, that Pep Guardiola, like any elite coach, would have done. You know, thorough, exhaustive homework. He even spoke that way. He got quite technical in the. Um, Media conference on Tuesday. Um, so he, he'll have done his homework. So yeah, maybe one of the dangers complacency. The other danger is is if City don't perform as well as they can. But I think, I think if, if I was a City fan, I would have been heartened by the performance on Saturday. I, I thought that, and Pep made a very very good point. He said like you know they are, they are in a, di- a slightly different place going into this Champions League final than they were going into the Champions League final of twenty twenty one. Yes, they cruised the league in 2021, but they had been beaten twice by Chelsea in the probably previous four or five weeks leading up to the final. Chelsea beat them in the FA Cup and then beat them in what was a, a dead rubber in the Premier League game, but they've beaten them twice nonetheless. And I think that, um, again, Guardiola mentioned the word. He said, we had some doubts against Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea. I think now they're going in differently. They're going in on the back of a, of a, of a Premier League win, the same as then, but also on the back of a, a good performance and a good win in an FA Cup final against Manchester United, where many, when some people thought, can they switch it back on? They have switched it back on. I think they'll get better than they were on Saturday. I think that'll almost serve as a, a, a as a pipe opener, as, as getting them back on track. And I think they'll be better Saturday. And that's why I think they'll win. Mm, yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy, you obviously went to the media today, Tuesday, didn't you? What, yeah. what, what did you take out of that in terms of mood, in terms of where they're at? Look, I mean, I didn't do the Guardiola press one, so I looked to four or five players, and they all look pretty relaxed, to be honest. I mean, you know, look, they they should be full of confidence. City, they've got two trophies in the in the bag already. They look unstoppable. They probably feel unstoppable. Um, and you know, I think there is a feeling that it's their destiny to win it this this time. You know, they signed Ireland to win it. He looked like. Pep obviously thought that he was a missing piece in the jigsaw. We all know what he's done for City this season. So, you know, they're going into another final with Haaland uh, this time around and he makes such a difference. Although it'd be fascinating to see how to deal with Haaland because they've kept eight clean sheets in the um, Champions League this season. Into, I think that's the, the, the record for this, this, this year's competition. 
and they've never trailed in a game uh, in the knockout stages. So they'll be well organised. We all know Italian teams can defend. So it'll be. A, I think it'll be a classic matchup between attack and defence, and I think City are going to have to be patient because I think Inter will try and disrupt the game. They'll try and affect the flow of City's play. You know, it might not be pretty at times, but I think patience is going to be the key for City. But they've got so many creative players. You know, Gundogan at the minute is probably the best midfielder in Europe. So, um, you know, I, I, listen, I agree with what the lads say. Inter, Inter deserve respect. You don't get to a final by being lucky. Uh, you be, get to a final by being good and efficient. So it'll be a tough game for City, but I, I, I will be surprised if City don't win. I think this is this is the greatest chance they'll ever have to win a Champions League. It's interesting, by the way, what Crossy mentions Harland there. He clearly was brought into this side, those, those tight games, you know, the nil-nils or 1-1s to get that decisive goal. Obviously, 52 goals this season. Football of the year, deservedly so. Had a fantastic first season at the Etihad. Um, he's only scored once in his last seven games. So, and you can be absolutely sure that he will be, of course, he's going to be burst in the guts of scoring the Champions League final. But you can be absolutely sure that he will he will not want to end the season, end this season in particular, without breaking that kind of drought. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting. But I think what Inter Milan would have to be careful of is Real Madrid did it to some extent in the semi final. They concentrate so much on Haaland in that second leg that it, the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan were kind of running wild in a way. And, um, it, you know, it, and it's another it's another quality that Haaland's got and another threat that Haaland's got that teams sometimes concentrate so much on trying to stop in that they they leave space elsewhere and, and City capitalised on that um, ruthlessly against Real Madrid. Um, and, um, you know, I th- I'm, I'm sure... Inter will be, uh, we'll look at that game and think, look, we just can't concentrate our defensive resources on uh, on trying to stop Erling Haaland. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, Andy, you, 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 Guardiola did some uh, media Tuesday, didn't he? What I mean, one of the one of the key things, I guess, everyone will be thinking was, you know, in the past, Guardiola in these big games has overthought it. I mean, he sort of even laughed about this a few weeks ago. Do you, do you get the impression that surely this time he's just going to say, "Look, we've got the best team in Europe. I don't need to think about it that much." Or, we, you know, it, it was it was funny actually because because uh, yes, I, I did obviously. Does it? Jeremy went and did all, all the players, and, and I did prep. And it's funny, isn't it? It, it, it? I came out of it, and the next morning, had had written in the bit in the newspaper. Um, Pep refusing to admit he got it. He, he made a mistake with his selection in in um, in Porto in two twenty twenty one, and then I picked up another newspaper, and it says. Pepper Mitty, he made a mistake with his selection in Porto. We we listened to exactly the same words, but 
what he actually said, what he actually said was, um, you know, the bottom line is that if I lose a game, I, I get it wrong. If I win a game, I get it right. So it was, it was a generic point. But then he said, he said, if I told you privately the reason why I made that selection, and obviously the selection we're referring to is not picking either Rodri or Fernandino in a defensive midfield position. He said, if I told you the reason for it privately, you might understand why. So there was clearly a reason. What I mean is, if, if, if he admitted he got it wrong, it was extremely grudgingly that he got it wrong. You know, his point was that, well, actually, you know what? We played quite well in that game. We lost. And because we lost, then obviously I got it wrong. Um, but but your general point, listen, we, we all, that even I would love him to tell us that private reason why he changed his, his, his entire operation, really, in, in terms of the fact that when you went through the stats, I think the previous 49 games across all competitions, either Rodri or Fernandino had played, there was only one other game that season, and it was a, a Champions League group game against Olympiacos, when he didn't play either Rodri or Fernandino. So it was clearly... That, uh, was, the, that was the first time that team played. The first time that team played together yeah. was in the Champions League final. Exactly. So, so, so it was met with it, you know. So anyway, I'd love to know why he did it. He seems to think he had a reason. Well, however, you, you're entirely right. There will be no surprises. I mean, it would be, assuming everyone is fit, you know, and you went round us for today, we'd name the team. The team, I assume, would be the team that starts against Manchester United. And we knew that before the Manchester United game. What's characterised Pep in the last month or so of the season, you know, the team that played against Bayern Munich, the team that played against Real Madrid. That's his, it, it, you've often thought, well, has he really got a first team? It looks like he has, has got a first 11 now. And by the way, going forward, that will have ramifications for the likes of Phil Foden and Mares. Can you just say something on that? We, we, we make this mistake that Pep is set in stone. He's got this philosophy and it's set in stone. Now, there are certain there are certain things that he wants his football team to do and has always wanted his football team to do, whether he's play, he was at Barcelona, Bayern Munich or Manchester City. But Pep, he's still evolving as a coach. And, you know, he, 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 you, you can be absolutely sure he will know when he's got things wrong. You know, we, everybody was saying earlier this season, Erling Haaland, how's he going to fit him into the team? Erling Haaland, has he chosen the wrong club? And Pep has kind of evolved um, the system that he's had for Man City at the last seven years. And he's evolved it so that Haaland can be, as a, you know, the most effective striker in the Premier League. So I, I think we, we have to, you have to give, you have to realise that Pep isn't just the, the coach he was when he arrived seven years ago, he's evolved and he's changed. And he, he, he'll he tell you, he, he, he had, you know, he, he has changed English football, no doubt about that. But English football is also, to a certain extent, chasing. Also, Simon, on that subject, we, we should mention John Stone. Obviously, he's played, played a different role for City the second half of this season. And he's been absolutely outstanding. He looks like a, a midfield player who has played midfield all his career. And... He's been one of the city's standout players in the last couple of months, I think. And that's freed up a bit more space for De Bruyne to do what he does best. So, you know, that's a, another side to Pep, how he comes up with these ideas and changes players in a lot of ways for the for better. Well, I said, I, said on, I said on Twitter a few weeks ago, and, and it didn't go well down with Liverpool fans, but um, it, it wasn't a wind-up. It was, uh, you know, I said... Oh, no, definitely not. I, I, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I was serious. You know, I said, surely Pep Guardiola deserves credit for inventing Trent Alexander-Arnold's best position, which he has done. 
you know, it, that 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 is a position that that nobody would have expected. Even Jurgen Klopp a few years ago was saying Trent is a is a right back. He's not a midfield player. Well, you know, for the last few weeks of the season, look how fantastically well he did in that in that sort of inverted fullback position. And I, and I really do hope that Gareth Southgate has got you know has got he's mindful to to maybe try that in a game to see how it works out at international level because Trent is absolutely made for that position. Yeah, sorry to go off on a tangent. City team books itself, Crossy, because all the everyone is playing at the top of the game, so. You know, barring Edison coming back in, I think like Dunny said, it'll be the same team you picked at when Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, you, you're right. I, I, I think there's something good about a team that almost has a first choice eleven because it has has that identity. I mean, let's not fool ourselves. They're amazing options from the bench, but I do actually quite like this sort of the idea. They're basically, I mean, you know, there's obviously, you know, Ake and Akanji is that that sort of debate, isn't it? I mean, neither of a conventional left back. Akanji, I think, has been pound for pound. The more I think about it, the more I think he's been the signing of the season. I mean, you know, in terms of like, you know, obviously you've got Ireland undoubtedly, you know, breaking all records, the player of the year. But when you think of Akanji, 15 million quid, Dortmund, you know, seemed to want to get a shot of him. And, and and there he is. He's just at first. I'm thinking, oh, he's a bit of a stopper of a centre half, but no nonsense, no frills. And then basically, he's actually way, way better than that. He's just absolutely phenomenal. You know, this, this t- turnover and rollover and coaching of players that City do is just phenomenal. You know, so, you know. I spoke. I spoke to a candy after the. Um, I think it was after the Bayern Munich game, and um, he, he said he'd, he'd never. Well, he. I think he said the last time he played left back was when he was a. A youth team footballer um, with an emergency, and now he's kind of slotted in there as though he's played there for the last ten years. Which I get, you know, his credit to the Guardiola's incredible coaching skills, but also the fact that Akanji himself has has gone there and realised that if he wants to play every week, then he's he's going to have to have that and develop that versatility, which um, a lot of City players have got. Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, 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 it'll be very, very interesting to see. Listen, guys, we must touch on West Ham and the basically amazing, you know, um, triumph. This, this competition has been a bit derided, certainly not by West Ham fans. But I tell you what, if you ever needed proof of the value of it, it I think you just look at the celebrations afterwards, certainly, and what it meant to West Ham, David Moyes, Declan Rice, and the rest. Absolutely phenomenal, basically. What, what an achievement for, for West Ham. Look, well, anybody who watched that game last night would not have turned the TV off with a smile on their face after seeing what it meant to David Moyes, what it meant to David Moyes' players, what it meant to the West Ham travelling fans. Um, you know, those those were scenes of, you know, un, unfettered joy. Um, so you, you can't... Um, you know, I just thought it was fantastic seeing David Moyes doing David Moyes doing his dad dance on the touchline was just um, one of the kind of iconic moments of the season for me. Uh, and then, you know, anybody who knows David will tell you he's just a, a really genuine, uh, a genuine, genuine fellow, really nice guy. Um, you know, and he's it's unfair that um, that he was kind of ridiculed after his time at Manchester United because that that didn't go well. But you know, people forget sometimes that. He took over a club there that was unfit for purpose following uh, 
So Alex Ferguson's retirement, you know, didn't have a didn't even have a scouting scouting system in place of, of any real kind of quality. So yeah, absolutely fantastic for West Ham. Of course, he qualified for the Europa League next year, so they've got another European adventure. And uh, hopefully, he's taking the, the pressure off David Moyes a little bit. You know, there was there, there were uh, a vocal minority of West Ham fans who who wanted wanted him removed from the club. Uh, hopefully, this buys him a little bit of time, and he can build on what he's already done um, at West Ham. Yeah, it, it was an amazing. It does show the value, doesn't it, Jeremy, of of the competition? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm rousing with my mates sometimes about. They say, oh, you know. Getting in the top four or making progress as a team is better, more important than winning trophies. But I, I think that's absolute rubbish. We all follow football teams or watch cover sport to watch see the win. So it's out to be. No one remembers second place and winning a trophy. It, that's the ultimate for a supporter. I mean, you know, and if you support West Ham for a long time and gone 46, 47 years without seeing them lifted to the single trophy, that's what you play sport for to win. So it's great. I'm pleased, Simon. I can't, and I totally agree with what Simon said. I like Dave Moyes a lot, and you know, a couple of months ago could have got the sack. Thankfully, didn't. Now look how that's turned out. So I'm brilliant, Dave. You know, he's had a long career. He's had a great career, really. I know he had a tough time in United, but someone deserves to win something. It's him. Yeah, yeah. Did it feel like Declan Rice's goodbye, Andy? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think anyone expects him. Oh, he expects yeah, him to yeah. be a West Ham. For being a roadman, here, pal. And just, I, I, I don't think. I don't think the attraction of a Europa League campaign will will be enough then to keep him there. No, he. This, that's, I think we all know he's going, don't we? I mean, and, and West Ham know he's going. It's just a really good way to go out because you, you know, in, in keeping with um, uh, what what Simon says about David Moyes, you know, being um, a good guy, you know, Declan Rice. We've all dealt with him. Um, particularly in his when he's with England on international duty, and um, I wonder if he had a pint last night, Jezza. Literally, just going to say that, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's an in joke because me, myself, and Jeremy, in a hard-hitting sort of um, Jeremy packed with the style line of questioning, asked him if he'd ever had a pint last time we saw him. Because the others, he said, he, he said he's never had a pint of beer. So, um, yeah, oh, we're oh, in a pint of beer. No, no, exactly right. Oh, he was only twenty-two at the time. Whatever. I mean, it's like you know, as I say, it was it was a it was it was a, a very hard-hitting line. And I know he said he hadn't. He never had a pint. Never tasted. If you don't have a beer in Prague, then you're never going to have a beer. I was going to say, what a what a great place to have a beer in Prague. And by the way, I mean, I, when you say David Moyes dancing iconic moments, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say iconic. And do you know what? I might be. And maybe I've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. But you no, know, I don't want to see any more pictures of. People dancing in dressing rooms anymore. There was a time when I was, you know, maybe a bit fascinated, but no, just stop, make it stop now. You know, get on with it, celebrate it in private. I don't want to see David Moore dancing around the dressing room. Back to the days where they drink a pint of milk and give uh, TV interviews. Is that what it exactly did? I, 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 I was smoking, I like, can get out and that's it, by the way. But now, now you can't move. It's like Brian and Albion. I mean, like, I know every inch of Brian and Albion's dressing room. Some things, you know, you just like to remain. This is the season of their in their history. I'm not sure about Brian. I'm on about I'm on about this new this this new idea that we have to go in the dressing room and listen to speeches or watch them dancing around or Jack Greener saying, "Watch my Gucci bag as someone slides across the dressing room floor." Just too much, too much, lads. So you, don't, you don't dance in there. You don't dance in there. Cricket will get things wins, don't he? Sorry, mate. 
don't that, do a dance on the on the sidelines when that which cricket club get over the line. <laughs> oh, you get a juice of beer, I'll like that's your world go. And that's it. Going out. Well, you killed you. I, I, I love I to see it. It was fantastic. I'll, I'll even put on my hands and sort of do that and, in, a, in a sort of thing that no one can quite understand outside of uh, Stetney. But there you go. Anyway, we'll see. But no, guys, we must talk about Lionel Messi because, you know, that that's the other one. I mean, Lionel Messi going to into Miami. Um, and, and yeah, this is, this will be. I mean, what a fantastic story this is. I, I you know, it's it's because he flirted with Barcelona, didn't he? Could have taken the Saudi money. The thing that strikes me, guys, is that basically, I must say that you, you know, I've I've always long had this kind of uh, Messi Ronaldo debate in my head. I do think that basically Messi has overtaken Ronaldo. You have to as soon as you win the World Cup, and then basically be such a key part of that. You drag them along as a player. But then I, I can't get away from the feeling that Ronaldo tarnished his, his reputation or his, his legacy in some way by taking the Saudi money, basically. And then, you know, Messi could have gone back to Barca. I'm sure he's not going there for the good of his health and he'll be paid handsomely in the MLS. But equally, there was something nice about Messi, wasn't there? And going to into Miami? I think so. I mean, look, if it had taken a Saudi dollar, it would have... I mean, wouldn't have tarnished his career or reputation because he's been the greatest footballer ever. But there would have been an asterisk against him, given that we all know, you know, what Ronaldo's done, and he's only there to pick up the the money. So, I think Messi deserves the right to choose where he goes. And you know, I think he said in it, he's made it clear that he wants more privacy for his family and his kids. You know, he's obviously been at the centre of everyone's attention in Barcelona and then Paris, where it didn't work out for him in the end. But you know, we can think of worse places to live and work than Miami. We've all been on trips down the years. It's a brilliant city. You know, great weather. And listen, the football, I'd, I would have liked to see him coming up a year in the Premier League, to be honest, because I think he's still playing really well. And you'll see one of the World Cup six months ago. So, you know, still he can still cut the mustard. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, I think he's, if anyone's earned the right to choose where he finishes his career, it's Lionel Messi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree, really. What, 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 what do you think, guys? About, I mean, Kante's off to to, to Saudi now, isn't it? And basically, Newcastle's, yeah, Newcastle's sort of ownership taking. Obviously, we're seeing what's happening. It's sort of taking an int- uh, controlling interest in four other clubs, and basically, um, we're seeing you know what's happening with the golf. And I don't know. Is this a point in time for football? And basically, you know, are we we're looking at a new powerhouse. I mean, at the moment, it's a retirement home, isn't it? But basically, it's, you know, it's this a moment in time, basically, for football. In, in terms of, it's, 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 it's a moment in time for sports, you know, um, to an extent. The figures are just, I mean, even by football standards, even by golf standards, for example, the figures are just, I mean, utterly, utterly mind-blowing, aren't they? I mean, the, the, you know, if, if and with no reason to believe these figures are, in any way exaggerated, but the figures for the the um, the prospective N'Golo Kante deal are just incredible. You know, I mean, you're talking about thirty five grand a day, so it's fine, isn't it? Like a hundred million dollars a year for a player. Bear in mind, as you know, I mean, he's barely played over the last season, as he um, um, with injuries. The Kareem Benzema money, it's just. It's just frightening. Um, it, it really is. Just quickly going back to Messi, of course, he, he is a 
and visit Saudi ambassador. It's not like he, he, he he's he's not going to Saudi because he doesn't agree with anything there. He actually promotes the country. He's, um, he's, he's the main promoter of the country's tourism. So, and and I, I suspect he'll end up there eventually because I think he'll probably have two years in the states and then go to Saudi. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, um, yeah, yeah it, it's you know it, it's funny actually. Just just quickly going back to the golf in Rory McIlroy's interview last night. You know, and this is a guy who initially had, or we were led to believe, had objections to taking Saudi money. He's got no choice now because because, because they own golf now. Um, he, he initially had you know objections, and 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 he and he actually said, and he broadened it to other sports, which includes football. He said the fact of the matter is now, what can I do? The public investment fund is buying sport. You know, in general, he says, and and I've just resigned myself to that fact that they are just they, they've come along, they're just bludgeoning sport with unlimited wealth you know unlimited wealth you know the the, the pif has you know pretty much 700 billion dollars to, to to spend so so you know they are literally literally taking um um a load of money i'm i'm, I'm basically bashing sports with it and i'm buying up sports so yes it is significant what will happen clearly is is that yes when you see retirement home yes ronaldo that's the case benzema also the case, but they'll get gradually younger, won't they? You know, they'll get, you know, Kante, for example, would be taken by any Premier League club, um, any European club, I, I would have thought, um, um, right now. Uh, and there'll be other players who follow suit, Wilfred Zahar, maybe, you know, or, or those types as well. Um, of course, we, we did see it before in the Chinese League, didn't we? You know, w- which then faltered. You know, we, we had players going in there prime to the Champions League, people like Oscar, and, and, and eventually for, for unimaginable sums, and that didn't work out. So it won't be a game changer in the sense that will the, you know, position, the elevated position of the Euro, of the main European leagues with the Premier League at the top of those and the Champions League, will that always be paramount? Well, yes, it's not going to change in, in, in any of our lifetimes, that. But... You know, will it attract more players to Saudi? Of course it will, because the money's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm so pleased we got through that whole section without talking too much about golf. So, which is uh, which is all, which is always a bonus in any conversation. Um, but guys, let's finish by quickly going around the room. Just a score prediction, please, for Saturday, Jeremy. Three 0 City. <laughs> Sorry, big golf for uh, two 0 City. <laughs> Andy. Well, I, 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 I'm just trying to. Th- I was trying to think of a golf analogy there. I, I was going to say City will win four and three, but um, uh, I think. What does that mean? <laughs> that I means there's some holes ahead. There's only three holes left, so you can't. So you can't win. I'll, I'll, I'll go for. I think City two one. Oof! Well, there you go. What's your Good prediction, Crossy? I think that City will win well, and I think they'll win three one. Three one three. I just think City are class apart, absolute class apart. I, I can't, I can't pretend that I didn't. I really, really, really enjoy watching them play. And basically, uh, on a footballing level, I thought the first forty-five minutes against Real Madrid at the Etihad was genuinely the best forty-five minutes of football I've seen in the flesh ever. Ever. You know, can, can I just say something? You know, when we have this debate about who, who's the best team ever, and you know, who's the best Premier League team ever. And obviously, it's impossible to answer the question because you know different areas, different players, even different laws of the game. 
but there's something happened over the last few weeks. I've never kind of I've never noticed it before with a, with with another club. And and I, I was driving down to Wembley last weekend, and it, and, it, and it happened it happened before this. It happened when they played Bayern Munich. It happened when they played uh, Real Madrid. But last week I was driving down to uh, Wembley, and I had Talksport on, and it was four and a half hours of Talksport telling us how you, how Manchester United can beat Manchester City. And I've never seen, you know, obviously you, you have tactical discussions in the media about what will happen, but the, the kind of narrative every time City plays, how can how can Real Madrid beat them? How can Manchester United stop them, you know, having a chance of winning the treble? This week already I've seen pieces how how Inter Milan can beat City. And I've never seen that with, with any other team. I can't remember in 1999, for example, uh, articles and, and, and stuff on TV and radio about how Newcastle can stop Manchester United completing the double before they then play Bayern Munich, or how Bayern Munich can stop Manchester United becoming the first club to win the treble. And I think that's quite a, it's kind of quite a compliment to City that they they that that this kind of narrative, as I say, is it, it's it's widespread, and it, and I think it'll be widespread this week as well. That, that the question isn't how City can win the European Cup; it's how Inter Milan can stop them winning the European Cup. And I think that's a, a measure. Of how good this, uh, this city team are, yeah, very good, very good. Not nice to get in a little dig there about Talksport and the coverage of City there. But I thought it was, I thought, you know, what, listen, you know what? I thought last week I thought I was going to Wembley to watch City play a conference team um, because all the talk was, you know, United are going to have to kick them, they're going to have to kick Ireland, they're going to have to defend, and it was like, hold on a minute, you were talking about Manchester United here, this club, this club that has this. Has this history and this cat and sells itself, you know, on the on having this reputation of being the the club that upholds the game's finest traditions, and and then I got to Wembley, and let's be fair, the United's uh, United's best performance were Paul Turney and David Coote, um, in the game. Well, I've got to say, mate, I've got to say, there was a debate on Wednesday night about the penalty, West Ham's penalty. And honestly, got people got, listen, we can debate all day about the rights and wrongs of the laws and where they should stand. But as they are, Wednesday night was a penalty and Saturday was a penalty. It's a penalty all day, every day and twice on Sunday. Read the law. Re- referees and officials are allowed to take into account a player's the, 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 a player's movement towards the ball in terms of was he jumping, was he sticking a leg out to try and block the shot and put his arm on the floor. That is that is allowed to be taken into account, and sometimes that that part of the law isn't addressed. It hits his hand. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree with you, Simon. Totally agree for, for visionary purpose. I'm currently holding my hand up in the air. Because I just don't need to, as if I just don't care. Mate, you don't need the penalties on Saturday. You're going to win it anyway. So there you go. Right. Anyway, thanks so much for joining, everyone. 